Okay. My people are out there. They're like fucking Indians. You're not going to see them. You're not going to hear about them. Except through me or Captain Queenan. You will not ever know the identity of undercover people. Unfortunately, this shithole has more fucking leaks than the Iraqi Navy. Fuck yourself. I'm tired from fucking your wife. How's your mother? Good, she's tired from fucking my father. Hello and welcome to the Stool Pigeons. I'm Jack Jameswood. And I'm Harrison Davenport. I think we have a new segment uh, for our listeners this week. Is that right, Harrison? Yeah, that's right, Jack. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about it? Now, we're calling this segment Show and Tell. Harrison, would you like to kick off this segment? Thanks, Jack. Yeah, so my show and tell item this week is Fellowship Church in Grapevine, Texas. So Fellowship Church is just one of those mega churches, and they have a congregation of about 24,000 people. 24,000? My God, I thought that church attendance was decreasing. I'm very shocked. Tell me more about this story. I'm so interested. So that is true, Um, but the head pastor, Ed Young... He, uh, he's been doing some wacky things to bring people in. So Young actually had a professional wrestling theme sermon uh, in which he interviewed some wrestlers such as The Undertaker, Ric Flair, and Sting. And so these interviews included introductions like this. Standing 6'1", weighing 243 pounds, 16-time World Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, two-time Hall of Famer. Let's stand to our feet at all locations and welcome the one and the only, the Nature Boy, Rick That actually sounds so, like a pretty damn cool church, to be honest. I wonder if the pastor there uh, shoots up steroids. Probably. He has that very smooth skin, definitely dipping into the fun to get Botox. And I also like this selection of the Undertaker, who was supposed to be like Minion or somehow in cahoots with Satan. I'm glad that that was uh, one of his top three that he brought to church with him. Yeah, he didn't invite Kane, who Kane is the mayor of Knoxville now. Interesting. So he is not the mayor of hell as he used to be. Right. And he's not wearing a mask. I wish he wore the mask and still had the greasy hair. Yes. And I also wish that he claimed to be from hell. <laughs> that's, that's, his, that's his background story. Kane from hell and his father is Paul Bear. I believe Paul Bear was his uh, guy who always walked in. Now, what this Ed Young, is that his name? Yeah, Ed Young. Now, if he was very smart and I could do some research for the church, so Mr. Young, Mr. Pastor, whatever you call yourself, I have a lot of interesting ideas, pitch ideas, elevator pitches that I would like to bring to you. 
For instance, let's revive the paint wrestling that happened between Sable and the other chicks. So I think that could uh, not only add to your 24,000 size congregation, but that 24,000 might turn into 69,000, if you know what I mean. Just to create a picture for the audience, too. So Young was actually in a wrestling ring. So on their main stage at the church, he was actually announcing all of these people from a literal wrestling ring, a full-size wrestling ring. And that's where he was doing these intros, and that's where everyone was going crazy. Well, that it does make sense because you know the connection between religion and wrestling, right? Uh, yes, I do. I believe they say wrestling is uh, what Christians do with their faith. So there's a lot of parallels there. Uh, wrong. No, the connection between wrestling and religion is that they're both fake and generate a lot of revenue. Young is a master of generating revenue, but some have actually criticized him for the focus on pro wrestling. Uh, When he announced the sermon on Twitter, there were some people who were tweeting back at him. One user said, trading the gospel for entertainment. This is a true picture of the seeker-sensitive garbage that's infiltrating our communities. Foolishness to the max. Well, I guess they didn't see Passion of the Christ, which was one of the highest grossing movies of all time. So Young actually responded to the criticism in the Christian Post, not to be mistaken for the Washington Post, owned by evil penis man Jeff Bezos. He stated that he teaches to seek the way Jesus taught, pointing out that with his parables, Jesus used word pictures as most of what he said were stories, things that the culture could connect with. So to that, I say, bravo, Mr. Young, bravo. So Jack, that is my show and tell item. What do you have this week? So for my show and tell, I've got something a little sexy in store for us. Now, a lot of people might find this take a little bit controversial because it comes from the 1994 Disney movie Blank Check. There are many important lessons for young kids in the movie, such as money brings you happiness, lying is always good if you want to start a business or make money, and the lesson that Preston Waters learns, if you want to succeed in business and in life, make sure that you never get caught. In the movie, and this caused controversy, Preston, who is 11 years old and in fifth grade in the movie, kisses a 31-year-old bank teller named Shay. Now, if you're familiar with Cruel Intentions, where Sarah Michelle Gellar and Selma Blair get very down and dirty in Central Park, this is essentially what Disney does in Blank Check. And I was surprised that the movie wasn't rated R. Now, I thought some of the criticism of the movie was unfair because it turns out at the very end that Shay is no bank teller. She's, in fact, an FBI agent. And I think we all know what that means. If you don't, let me spell it out for you. The FBI is a jobs program for pedophiles and people that cover up for pedophiles. That's why we're never going to see the Jeffrey Epstein Black Book or any evidence that Bill and Hillary Clinton were eating and raping children. So I'm guessing that was your show and tell of the week? Yes. And that is our new segment, Show and Tell.
that, ladies and gentlemen, is breaking news alert for the Stool Pigeons. This week, in a very unexpected turn, we are focusing again in this next segment on religion, profit, and I believe sneakers. Harrison, take it away. Thank you, Jack. So this week in our news story of the week, we are going to be covering preachers and sneakers. So for those of you who don't know about preachers and sneakers, it is an Instagram account that essentially started as a joke where a guy was just taking photos of these preachers at mega churches and people such as Justin Bieber's preacher, the hip new guys. And he was taking their sneakers and clothes and he was listing the price tags on Instagram and it, and it became a huge sensation. This account now has 257,000 followers, and the tagline for Preachers and Sneakers is, The Lord Works in Mysterious Colorways. Interesting. Maybe that's what Little Nas X was trying to do with the whole satanic sneaker this week. With Little Nas X, I believe the reason Nike was so pissed off is because he was taking Nikes and then redoing them and selling them for $11,000 and Nike wasn't getting a cut of the profit. So naturally, they stepped in and started suing to stop that from happening. They saw him doing something satanic and they raised him one more Satan. That is right. That is right. Because he was doing satanic images. I think they tried to say that was the problem, but we all know it was just the fact that they were getting cut out. It would have been funny if he was uh, in a news conference and said, "Uh, well, you know, Nike uses slave labor. He should have. He should have played that card. So back to preachers and sneakers. So the person who is behind this account, he has actually been able to leverage this account into a book deal. And I was going to read you some of the stuff from the website talking about this. Through his provocative project, Ben Kirkby is helping thousands of Jesus followers and non wrestle with the inevitable dilemmas created by a culture obsessed with image and entertainment. In Preachers and Sneakers, Authenticity in an Age of For-Profit Faith and Wannabe Celebrities, Ben Kirkby boldly confronts many of the difficult questions plaguing countless Christians' mind. Such as, how can I make more money? How can I trick my audience into giving me more money? And... Hey, could I use branding and other lifestyle choices to make more money? I assume would be some of the questions that are on his mind. Let me give you a few, Jack. Should pastors grow wealthy off of religion, and why do we get so angry when they do? That is a good question, and that was the kind of answer that Jesus was seeking when he ran the Jews out from the temple. Number two, is it okay to stoke envy among others with curated lifestyle images on social media? Hmm... Sure. Do we really believe that divine blessings are monetary, or is it that just religious wallpaper to hide our own greed? Well, as we learn from Blank Check, everything is about money, it brings you happiness, and religion is just a pretext to sell things to suckers to get more money in your collection plate, I believe is the answer. Is there space in Christendom for celebrities like Kanye and Bieber to exist without distorting the good news? Well, the Bible's already been distorted because it was originally in Aramaic and was not written down. So yes, you want celebrities because what is the Pope after all but a celebrity? Is it wrong for someone like this author to call out faith leaders online and leverage call-out culture to affect change? No, that's how you generate retweets, you fucking idiot. So there has also been a lot of good news articles about this, but I would encourage everyone to just go check out that Instagram account because it's pretty hilarious. 
but one of the preachers on there who was wearing a $5,000 pair of Yeezys who was getting criticized, he said, I don't think you can judge a man's heart based on their attire. Interesting. I did not know that Christians were so entrepreneurial. And I think in the same way that I offered uh, to give Ed Young some tips on how to increase his flock, my next suggestion, and maybe I should take this to the patent office, is what if we did OnlyFans, but for Christians? I think OnlyFans for Christians is a winning idea that nobody would be able to turn down. Now it is time for the Reddit Read of the Week. Mmm, yeah. And this comes from r slash sex. The title is Don't Sleep On, But Do Sleep With People in Wheelchairs. Last week, I matched with a really hot guy on Tinder who sent me the most respectful message asking to give me head. Usually, I'd be turned off by this, but I'm moving to another country and was looking for exactly this type of situation to happen. Very cool. However, I was wondering why such a good-looking guy was immediately offering head. Not that hot guys don't give head, but I found it interesting that he was eager to please. My intuition told me something was there, but I didn't look too deep into it. Now, to be clear, this is not a woman with a penis, which is very cool with the stool pigeons as well, but she is talking about this guy giving her oral sex. Fast forward to yesterday, I find myself in his city, so I hit him up to take him up on his offer, and he tells me to come through. I ask him to send me his address. I waited like 15 minutes for him to text me, and when he did, I saw that he sent me a picture of himself, dot dot dot, in a wheelchair. He said if I didn't mind, then I should come over. I was cracking up. I knew, all caps, it was something. I had a small reckoning with myself. One, because he didn't mention this beforehand. And two, I had never hooked up with or dated someone who was disabled. After 20 minutes of debating what to do, I decided that even though he should have mentioned this earlier, I was already there and already planned to hang out, whether we did anything or not. So why not? I like this. Very open and loose with the rules. Very accepting. Almost as accepting as the one chick who uh, thought it was fine for her boyfriend to come in his sister's panties. Although, to be fair to that guy, he did wash the panties. Returning to wheelchair lady, it ended up being such a dope night! Exclamation point. He is fine. So kind, so charismatic, and so good at giving head. He ate me out and fingered me for literally six hours. Wow, that is very impressive. I guess having a wheelchair does give you some advantages like proximity to finger fuck. His arms are strong AF. I tend to squirm a lot while getting head while trying to fight the guy off. LOL. But he had me pinned in place. It was so hot. I came multiple times. We slept and cuddled woke up, and did it all over again. I've never had a guy be so focused on my pleasure and so turned on by seeing me enjoy myself. I wish I had met him sooner before I left. All I can say is, while unconventional, that ended up being one of the best hookups I've ever had. 
moral to the story, give men and women in wheelchairs or with any physical disability for that matter, the same chance you would any able-bodied man. And that is a beautiful, beautiful story of what happens when you're open-minded and willing to have sex with anyone, including all varieties of disability. Harrison, what did you think? I was very inspired. Very inspired. Also by this guy's commitment. I love his pickup lines, just going straight at it in Tinder, like, hey, do you just want me to go down on you for hours? I've been working out. I've been preparing for this for years. But his six-hour commitment is very impressive. But this woman has apparently inspired other individuals because this comes from the comments section, wheels pending or wheel spending. It's either or. I'm not sure. He writes, as a disabled man, thank you for posting this. I couldn't tell you how many times I get passed over because of my wheelchair. Well, I'll I'll be honest. After reading this story, you know, my first thought was I'm going to go to Walmart and I'm going to look for the first woman in a wheelchair, just hoping that the same thing happens to me. But Harrison, I think we had another very whimsical and interesting story that doesn't really have any downside, which if anybody from the podcast, you know, has been down by some of our other stories might also like this story. And I think you have it for us this week. So this story comes from r slash TIFU. It is titled TIFU by giving a stray dog $20 while tripping on acid. Today, I effed up by giving a stray dog a $20 bill while tripping on acid. I dropped some acid with friends a few hours earlier, and I was just leaving their place to go down the road to my house. I was still in the peak, and my mind was all over the place. As I was walking, a rough-looking dog without a collar came up to me and looked at me with such pitiful eyes. I felt a connection with the creature. I thought about its life and what it must have gone through to get to this point. Without thinking, I reached into my wallet and pulled out a 20 and just handed it to the dog, and it took it in its mouth and ran off with it. I felt so satisfied and warm. About an hour later, I realized what I had done. I like to think the dog wandered into some shop and gave the 20 to someone who then gave him food, but I know the odds of that are pretty slim. At least I tried to do something nice, I guess. This story just kind of combats some of the most pernicious narratives of the drug war, such as acid is bad for you. As this post shows, doing acid can have very good effects on not only you, but on the rest of the animal kingdom, including man's best friend. I think it is very awesome that this guy had a 20 and he gave it to a dog. I hope the dog bought himself lunch and some cigarettes. What do you think? Yeah, I think these both of these stories have been great. And both of them are about being accepting. And also, if someone sends you a message on Tinder or offers you acid, you should jump at both opportunities. So, Jack, I believe we're going to be introducing a, another new segment this week, which we are very... You know, I know we've been throwing a lot of things at the audience, a lot of new sounds, new segments, but go ahead and introduce that one for yeah, us. Yeah, I think they can... They're definitely going to handle it and and all of our fans, including the guy from Texas and the other people that are not that guy will be very excited. This is just called Good and Bad Things of the Week. This is where we give out gold, silver, and bronze to three things we like this week and three things that we did not like this week. I'll go first. Good Things of the Week for me, Jack Jameswood, is number one, the apes 
are holding strong on GameStop. They are, have continued to keep that bastard up to almost 200. Good job, apes. I'm sending you some bananas. Number two, Made for Love. It's a new HBO series with that one hot chick that you probably don't know the name of, just like I don't, but you will love the series. It's about technology and other shit. Who cares? It's on HBO. Just watch it. Number three, MILF and adult film star Penny Barber. Check her out, or if you don't like porn, just check her out anyway. Anyway, she's a very good actress. You'll enjoy her artistic rendering of um, what a MILF is like. Now, bad things of the week. The gold prize goes to none other than Creep and uh, Sadistic Bastard R Slash. You know who you are. Please stay away from this man. Unsubscribe. He's very dangerous. Um, He's very dangerous, folks. Number two, Dickless King Kong in the HBO release of the Godzilla and King Kong movie. Number three, the Walking Dead finale for season 452, where they did Negan's backstory for some reason as the finale. Harrison, you're three. My good things of the week. Number one, the dedicated pigeon fan, specifically iTunes reviewers and our listener from Richardson, Texas. Thank you. We appreciate your support. Tip the hat, buddy. Number two, The Sopranos. I have been watching that through and I'm on 6B, about six episodes left, and it's great the second time around. Number three, the Mind Med Rebound. Man, was I in a hole, but I am coming back strong. I think I'm going to be able to uh, be at even maybe next week, so I'm looking forward to that. My three bad things, Google slash YouTube ads, they rejected our Reddit read video due to it being deemed too shocking to be on YouTube. This is just another defeat for the r slash small dick problems because that was the Reddit read that did not allow us to get any kind of advertisement. Number two, text-to-speech Reddit reads. Fuck those people. And number three, Amazon. And I, for a number of reasons, I've mentioned Jeff Bezos, but also their union busting tactics in Bessemer, Alabama. Totally agree. Jeff Bezos should get some French Revolution treatment if you ask me. Anyway, we are going to sign off this week by doing another segment of a segment, which is this is lightning round where we do either or and Harrison will answer five of the following. Harrison, ass or tits? Ass. Wrong. Save a baby from a burning building or save a dog from a burning building? I would save a dog. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Money or power? Money, because with money you can gain power. Ding, ding, ding. Number four, invisibility or time travel? Invisibility. That will be accepted. Number five, you have to escape from a small room filled with either 10 crocodiles that are starved and injected with meth or 150 poisonous snakes. Yeah, 10 crocodiles on uh, on meth. I agree because you can kill the crocodile and then see if you can drink their blood, which will be filled with very highly high grade meth, and then you can turn it against them. Good answer. All right, Jack, you ready to get out of here? Yeah, and I think you have some reminders, which people are definitely not going to fast forward through. Why don't you read those out right now? So please remember to follow the Stool Pigeons on Twitter at the Stool Pigeons. Please rate, subscribe, and review if you're listening on a platform that allows you to do so. So, i.e., Apple Podcast. 
And finally, our premium episodes are available on Patreon. Just search for The Stool Pigeons. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye.